How's it going? I hope everybody's having a happy Thanksgiving and a safe holiday. Uh, this is a reboot episode with the amazing Randy Scott from Zempowerment. Uh, this is one of the first podcasts I ever did. Um, we've grown a lot since then, and I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has been commenting and texting me and downloading it and listening to it and subscribing it. If you're just downloading the ones you want to listen to, please subscribe. It helps big time. Um, but I know a lot of people might not have heard this because it came out in the beginning when uh, we were still trying to figure everything out. And uh, it's, it's really, really good stuff, especially for business people, entrepreneur people who are trying to deal with procrastination, um, being more efficient, getting more done in a day. I mean, the guy's just been absolutely great. He's helped me out a lot. So I'm re-releasing what I believe was our first episode ever on this Thanksgiving holiday to re-enjoy Mr. Randy Scott from Zimpowerment. Take it away. Have a great holiday. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-game. Welcome, Randy Scott. How you doing? Fantastic. Thanks, Nick. I like, uh, I don't really know what I'm doing yet. I just Thanks. started doing podcasts. Um, I appreciate you having me on here, you know. Definitely. I appreciate you pushing me to start doing this. You were a, uh, a big reason why I actually did start doing this, and I was just starting to go into it, but I figured I would actually record myself telling you why I, I started pushing this. So, for, and I'll let you talk a little bit about yourself and what you do, but I, I really wanted to do something because I, I like just teaching and talking about experiences and having conversations with people. And I know there's a lot of different real estate podcasts out there, and obviously real estate is my bread and butter, but I also come across a lot of people that are successful in a lot of different things. And I feel like the, the principles and the foundations of what it takes to be successful, regardless of what it is, if it's stocks or if it's real estate, or writing a book or being in a band or being an actor or an athlete or whatever it is, it's all the same thing. It all takes discipline. It all takes, um, you know, visualization and mindset and drive and managing the highs and lows and the ups and downs and especially the organization part and just not overthinking things. And I had been running a really large business and I had my own real estate business and a lot of these other things kind of going on and happening. And I was struggling with, oh, man. Sorry about that. I think I might have lost you for a second. Are we back? Sorry about that. Yeah, I'm um, here. I, uh, I was struggling with ways to kind of organize things and keep myself accountable and be more, just be more effective because I know a lot of people that are busy that aren't really productive. So Randy was actually a huge help in getting me to do that. And one of the things we talked about was doing a podcast and he just kind of shook me around and was like, you're overthinking it. Just, just do it. I know a guy and he can simplify it for you. And uh, 
So he really started getting me to, towards the point of a lot of the stuff that I had in the back burner for years that I was pushing off doing. He was kind of just saying, well, let's just do it this week and maybe kind of vocalize and face all the reasons why. Well, why haven't I been doing it? And a lot of the stuff sounds simple, but when you just have somebody to just kick it back on you and just kind of make you face it and, and just do it and hold you accountable to it, it's amazing the difference that it is. So um, I really was on the verge of doing it. And then Randy set me up with one of his guys who basically said the same thing, like you're overcomplicating it, just doing it. But one of my buddies, Billy, uh, Billy Grazie from this band Biohazard and Powerflow, he was on a podcast this week with uh, this guy, Jamie Josta from, um, from this brand, Hatebreed. And they were talking about a guy, Vinnie Paul from Pantera, that had passed away. And um, they were talking about how now that they're, they're older and they have kids and families and they tour and they have life, they don't get to see a lot of the people that they knew and toured with and were friends with for years. So you, try, you start to lose touch. So the guy, Jamie Josta, was like, hey, that's one of the reasons I really like doing the podcast, because I get to interview all the guys that I've been friends with for years in bands, and I just get to keep touching base with people that I, I really wouldn't have an excuse to. And I was like, you know what? Like, with me traveling all the time and being in different cities, that, that's really true, that I don't get excuses to just kind of catch up with people in my life that I really like and enjoy talking to. So I figured if nothing else, even if nobody ever sees these or watches, watches these, once a week, I can talk to somebody that I haven't talked to in a while that I really miss. And uh, I feel like that would be a cool thing, you know? And even when you don't feel like doing it, you know, talking to a buddy or to somebody cool or somebody that's just inspiring like yourself is, is always a good thing. So you're the second guest I've ever had. And I really appreciate that if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this. And I actually wouldn't be able to juggle my time in a way that I would even have the time to do that. So you've been a huge piece. And that, that's another thing, like what I, I like about Joe Rogan's podcast is although he's like an MMA guy and a nutrition guy and a weed guy, he has like a Bigfoot hunter on and then a politician and then a, a nutritionist and then a scientist. And um, I just like that. So I feel like I don't really want it to necessarily be a real estate thing. I want it to be a, an entrepreneur thing and a success thing. And I think the piece that you have that you specialize in is something that most people don't even realize how bad they need and what a really crucial part of this to them being successful and having a system and just not being busy and spinning their wheels. And uh, I, I really feel like it's, it's probably the biggest piece, even with me being in business 13 years and thinking I had a good system, I realized that I really didn't. And um, so I'll, I'll let you kind of take it from there and talk about what you do, because even just in the short time that we've been working together, you have really helped me manage things and organize things and, and just find balance, which I feel like most driven people don't have. Love that. <clears throat> Yeah, thanks, Nick. You know, one of the one of the things I love listening to Joe Rogan as well, um, and I think one of the things is he's a great conversationalist, which you are as well. And the the other thing is when you bring in ideas and perspectives from um, you gain a whole new insight that you can apply strictly to whatever business you're in. You know, and that's and that's the cool thing. Um, I remember. Uh, Elon Musk's wife said some, some kind of quote to the effect of gain expertise in two completely separate fields and then have those two expertise fields have babies, right? Because what happens is you come from different areas of expertise and then you see things like nobody else sees them. And, and I, you know, I think that's a very powerful, powerful perspective. And one of the things that I love, my two is having to be, you know, science and spirituality. 
and I love um, the fusion of those two things, and then seeing what makes sense and how it makes sense both from a science standpoint and a spirituality standpoint. Um, the other thing is, I just want to acknowledge you for just jumping in. You know, one of the things um, it's it's you get a lot more done using a ready aim fire or ready fire aim mode than ready aim fire. Um, and it's a rule that I've used, you know, years ago, I was a perfectionist and, you know, it takes you 20% of the time to get to that 80% and then you waste a lot of time getting to that, that other, you know, hundred percent. And especially with social media and, um, blogging and things like that, um, you don't have to be perfect and it's good enough and good enough is good enough. And I've got a, I've got a friend of mine, Ben Hardy, that's one of the, I think he's still the number one writer on Medium. He's got like three, 350,000 followers. And I see typos and stuff in his content all the time, but his content is solid, right? And, and so as we look at, you know, things like the 80% rule and things like Ready, Fire, A, it's those things that allow us to move a lot faster and it is still good enough. Agree, agree. I think it's awesome, man. And uh, one of the things that kept coming up when you and I have our sessions is that there's so many things that I, I wish I just would have started doing, even on a small scale, five, six, seven, ten years ago, like just tracking my leads or doing a podcast or hiring a VA. And you know, you look at like where my buyers and my sellers list would have been, or what kind of following I could have on my own group or you know just different things like that and um you know i i just i keep thinking every day i go well today's the day i don't want another year to go by and be like well if i would have done it so like you said and, and i think you kept saying it and it's been coming up a lot lately it's almost i guess like when you buy a car or you're looking to buy a car and then you start seeing it like everywhere you go i keep hearing uh -huh. oh progress not perfection progress not perfection progress not perfection and and I think that's really what it is. You know, you look at Joe Rogan, he's got over a thousand episodes. He make he can make a living just off of his podcast. And I'm sure even then, like if I look at it now, you almost start to think, well, it's too late. Everybody does podcasts now. They're all over the place. But then it was probably like, well, who the fuck is going to listen to a podcast anyway? Like it was like a stupid thing then that nobody thought anybody would listen to or make a living on. You know what I mean? So I feel like there, you can always focus on it's too late, it's too early, everybody has it, and there's all those things. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of like an hour a week with talking to somebody that, and I, I even figure like for me, at the very at the very least, it's something that nothing bad's gonna come from me and you or me and my buddies talking for an hour. And the more it st I start to interact with other people that I just think are interesting people when I go out and I meet them at different meetups or networking things or business get-togethers, that sound like they do something different that I want to learn about. I can just be like, Hey, you want to just jump on and have a conversation for an hour. And I feel like at the very least, it'll make me uh, a better investor or a more open-minded person or just grow in some way. And if that's the only thing that happens and I'm the only person that ever sees it, then cool, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the one, the one thing is I won't, I wouldn't underestimate the influence that you can have. I was, I was on a podcast um, about two and a half months ago, um, by a gentleman by the name of Dr. Paul Jenkins. Um, he's a therapist. He is, uh, I met him through the National Speakers Association. And it's one of the places I go for, you know, to learn about public speaking. And he started his podcast in 2006. 
and his focus is on kind of therapy and helping people out and a lot around children and things like that. And um, after, after we did the podcast, he sat and he shared a couple stories with me. Um, he got a call from a lady in India that had been listening to his podcast and was in a very dire situation with um, her husband that was going to commit suicide. And they were able to resolve that issue. And he was just there, you know? And so you never really know um, the influence that you can have. And that, that's the cool thing about technology and about our age is we can just sit here and have a good conversation and you and I can get a lot out of it and enjoy it. But there, there may be another person that it just, it just touches at a point when they need it. And that's, what's cool. Love that, man. So I honor, I honor and acknowledge you for, for just doing it. You know, when we, when we first started, so a couple things, a couple things that show up with me, with my clients, um, and I hope this is okay uh, sharing with you because I, I don't think it's too personal because it's very broad. Um, you know, one of the principles is coming from love versus fear. And fear is one of the things that stops us. Um, and perfectionism is kind of a manifestation of that, right? It's, you know what, if I can't do it perfect, I'm not going to do it at all because it's the fear of failure, fear of not good enough. Um, and so that shows up. And a lot of times we don't start something because fear, and that's very common. And then the other one is kind of the, as the aspect of overwhelm, right? We talked about like this huge elephant and where do you start? And it's easier to just stare at the elephant than not to do anything. And, you know, 25 years ago was when I really had my first idea for writing a book. And I didn't, I didn't really start. You know, I started it um, three years ago, and it took me two years to get done. And on this side of the book, after having it published and after having it done, it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought. But on the front end, it just seems huge. And so I think, I think just leaning into those fears and then, and then taking that elephant one day at a time and say, okay, what are these little small bites of the toes that I can handle that I can just do on a regular day? Like you were talking about, progress, not perfection. And I think, I think people can get done so much more in their lives if they're just consistent and persistent. I love that, man. So leaning into that, Zempowerment is your book. and. I guess your, your brand, right? Overall is, is, uh, is empowerment. So tell anybody listening to this who really doesn't know, aside from the stuff I just prepped, kind of what it is that you specialize in, what you do, what's empowerment is, and, and uh, kind of what your focus is and how you help people like myself or just the, the, the types of people that you work with in general. Absolutely. So the, the cool thing, so just a little backstory. Growing up, I thought I was going to die when I was 33. Um, and that was always in my mind, don't know why. When I was 22, I got married, realized I only had 11 years left to live. So I put together this awesome bus bucket list and you know, lived around the world, traveled, uh, bought an airplane, did things that I, that I wanted to do. Um, when I was 33, I bought a new motorcycle, totaled it, but I didn't die. And so I went through uh, you know, a couple years of depression because I thought, uh, man, I was ready and I didn't die. 
um, got a divorce, left a job, um, started drinking, went through all kinds of nastiness. And then it hit me about two years after I thought, you know what, I've got a second chance, right? This is a clean slate. If I had a second chance, what would I do? And so, you know, I spent the last 18 years researching and studying and, you know, all the, all the philosophies, all the um, religions, um, love science, you know, um, neurology and, you know, everything about the brain and quantum physics, quantum mechanics and all that. And so what I've done over the last 18 years is I've distilled everything I've learned down into something that's really manageable and useful and applicable. And that's, that's what I've coined the term empowerment. Um, it's a, basically a new way of looking at life, a new way at uh, perspective, but it's based on some very, very, very old principles that, you know, all the greats have used. And then I support it with a lot of, a lot of brain things, right? So uh, an example is one of the principles is coming from a place of love versus fear. And I get into the Greek terminology of love and agape is an unconditional love. Um, and I, I've learned that, you know, the fear comes from the amygdala, which is just the, the oldest part of the brain. And it's just what the brain does. Um, but then there's also the chemical aspect of it that if you are dumping fear and stress in you, you you're filling your body with cortisol, which is horrific for you. And if you have the feeling of love and connection, you're throwing oxytocin in there. You know, when you get up and make your bed every morning, um, you check it off your list, you get this shot of dopamine. So there's all this, you know, all this scientific stuff that supports why it makes sense to come from love instead of fear. And, and that's what I love about it is you can explain all these things, um, both from, you know, scientific as well as spiritual aspect. So was there, what were you doing prior that, like a lot of the things, one of, one of the big things you've given me was um, theme days have been huge for me of like, hey, I have all these different businesses and things. So Monday is like my, my day that I handle all my real estate properties. And then Tuesday is my day I handle all my, my other business that I do. And then Wednesday I'm taking care of like cleaners, post office, doctor's appointment. And like that kind of stuff is such a thing that's, that you mentioned to me a bunch of times and I dismissed it. And then I, I realized that I wasn't really hitting the goals that I needed for the week. So I tried that and it's just been working great. Those little tips that people, and I, you know, again, I, I, I always go back to things I know. So jujitsu, let's say for instance, Matt Serra or somebody like that that I'm training with, um, we're doing something and I'm doing the wrong thing. You're getting tapped out a hundred times. And then I just go to them and I go, Hey, why does this keep happening? And they go do this or don't do this. And it's something that was like right in your face the whole time that it wasn't any crazy thing that I didn't know, but sometimes they just say it and it just clicks and you just do it. And now you have that forever. Like those things, how, how did you start to learn all those things and those tricks of how to organize Did That come from you coaching people through it or you having that trial by fire for things in your life. And I, and I know, and you have a hundred things like that that come up every conversation. Like, how did you get that stuff? Cause it really is, I mean, it's really helpful stuff and it's not mind blowing things, but for some reason you have a really good way of delivering it. That makes me want to go try it. And it really, it really, I understand when you say things to me, they're for my best interest and it makes me want to do them and they work. And, um, you know, I just feel like you're just, for some reason, the way you deliver that message just comes across different. It makes people actually try them and then it gets that results. And so how did you kind of put all that together and figure all that stuff out? Yeah. 
you know, it's it's actually a combination. I think so. One of the one of the things that I focus on is is coaching executives. I've done a lot of executive coaching, CEOs and C level suite, and um, I spent you know I spent thirty years in that arena. Um, I was VP of marketing and sales and ops and everything, and so I lived and breathed that. And I I understand high performance teams. Um, I mentored. Uh, about 140 companies over five years um, with a sales acceleration program. And, you know, these, most of these guys were startups. And so I saw all kinds of business models. I saw things that I would never have imagined would have been a successful business and they're killing it, you know, because it's their passion. Um, so uh, some of those things I learned just as I was in the business world. Um, some of those things as well, I learned, um, you know, down with shamans and with the, the Native Americans. And then at the same time, there are things that I've learned from my clients because they've integrated the principles, right? And so uh, what I love is I, I, I'll share a principle with somebody and I'll ask them to go share it with somebody else. And when they go share it with somebody else and then come back and share with me what they learned, how they applied it, they have a new different flavor on it, right? They've got a flavor on it that is a, it, a lot of times it's a new nuance that I hadn't thought about. And so that's the cool thing about coaching is, is as, as your clients integrate these things, you actually see additional power. So when I, when I wrote my book for the first two years, um, I was coaching at the same time. And as I was testing the principles, um, there were things that were showing up as being more beneficial to my clients than they were to me. And so I ended up putting more focus on the book in some of those areas. The concept of standing in your power, um, it was woven throughout the book, but it wasn't a principle on its own at first. And after that became something that was so prevalent um, and impactful with my clients, I made it a principle on its own. Um, so yeah, it's it's a combination, Nick. I mean, um, that's a, and I think that's the cool thing about podcasts. You can learn so much that you can apply in your own life in a totally different related field. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I like that you, uh, like what you just said, as you started giving the advice and then you, you went and you just started doing the book to benefit yourself. So you, you take your own medicine, which I think is really important. You're not the guy who's telling people lay off the donuts and you weigh 400 pounds and you're, you know, you see the people training people at gyms that aren't in shape. So I, I never understood that part of it. So I do like that you, you practice what you preach and you, you kind of live by your message. I think that's a really, uh, really important thing. And I think it's really good leadership. And, uh, you know, again, I, I like that you, you know, you surround yourself with, with people that are very like-minded. So the person that introduced us was uh, one of our, our mutual friends, Dana Munson, who is just one of my, my favorite people I've ever met. He's just a, a great guy. He's a smart guy. He's got a huge heart. He's just, he's just a good dude. Like, I don't know anybody who just doesn't meet him and leaves there and goes, I really like that guy. I don't even know why. You feel like you've known him forever. Um, so he came, you came as a recommendation from him, and you guys are very, very similar people. So I just think that that's really cool. You guys not only the business side, but the, you know, the personal side and the life stuff. I, I think you guys are just uh, very salt of the earth, good people. And, and I think people relate to that. And it's a really cool thing. And, uh, you know, I just, 
you've helped me a lot and I, I appreciate it. So I was really excited to talk to you. Um, what do you say when you get people on there? Cause I know you, you deal with a lot of different walks of life. So on my side of it, I, I like to think that I'm pretty open-minded, but we've had talks that are very business oriented and we've had talks that are like ways to deal with your family better and are, are more personal stuff. And then some of the other stuff that you give me is like that stuff that you just come out of nowhere and you go, I've learned this from the shamans. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, so how do you balance or like, where do you, I guess you have to really know who you're talking to and what your audience is and where you can kind of go out of a limb with certain stuff and where you have to keep it a little bit more rigid or is that something that you're the kind of person like Rogan that you're just kind of like, I am who I am and I don't really care what it is. Or do you try and tailor a little bit of your message or your, your, your limbs or your lanes to, to who your audience is? Well, it's a great question. One of, the, one of the reasons that I went down to learn from the shamans and from the Native Americans and medicine men is because of their approach. They take a holistic approach to life, right? And in the Western world, you know, if, if you're sick, you go see a doctor. If you have mental problems or whatever, you go see a therapist or psychiatrist. Um, religion, you go see a, a religious leader, whatever. And so we've sliced and diced our lives, and yet we are a complete whole being. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you can have a pain in your back, and it can be an emotional issue, and it's not even a physical issue. And, and so it's the approach that I, that I take. Um, the other thing that really is kind of... Um, you know, the, the biggest thing that I see people, especially people that need coaching um, the most, is it has to do with uh, emotional intelligence, especially like corporate, right? If you've got an executive team, um, most of the time, there's always that one guy. And, you know, it's, it's the, the aspect of emotional intelligence is it plays in your, in your relationships at home. It plays in your relationships at work. And so that's kind of a really, really good common ground. Um, you and I have had conversations that I probably wouldn't have with other people because it's what it's something that you brought up, and it's like, yeah, well, let's go there because I can go there. Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, if if there if there are, it, it's funny because some of the people that I thought were the most conservative tied down business people they've actually got a human aspect to them that surprises you when you start coaching them and everything else because guess what we all we all have our shit right we all had challenging lives and we've all we've all had trauma we've all had these things even you know looking at it looking back at it now it wasn't traumatic but as a six-year-old kid getting lost in a department store and feeling like you've been abandoned you create that story and that's traumatic and so we've all had that. And it doesn't matter, you know, if you're, if you're Warren Buffett's Bill Gates or whoever, you've, we, we've all gone through that kind of stuff. And so when you, when you shed away the layers and get down to the, just the raw humanity, man, we, can, we all have areas that we can improve. And so, yeah, I, I'm who I am. And, and I think talk, talking about, you know, the two areas of expertise – I've got this area of being an executive and being a business person, and I know that world, but I also know um, the fulfillment and the peace that you can get by living a life of empowerment. And man, everybody deserves that.
That's awesome, man. I, I love that. Um, so dealing with just people in general, I know for me, I was trying to find more structure because just tackling things and a lot of stuff that um, I've heard a couple of terms, but this was a big thing that um, for me, I, I don't know if it's a common theme you're seeing with other people you're coming across in business or, or some of your clients, but I've heard the term swallowing the frog that you want to face the thing for the day. That's the biggest thing you've been putting off. Um, one of my other buddies, Jared, um, he calls it slaying dragons. He goes, I wake up and I go, Hey, is there any dragons I need to slay? I kind of like that, you know, it's, um, but one in the same. And I have found that I do that. And when I was talking to you is one of the first conversations we had her, like, what are a few of the really, really big things that have just been weighing on you that you feel like you haven't been able to get done? And we identified a couple of them. And some of the tips you gave me that I think people could really learn from is I started rattling off this list and you went, nope, you're saying too many. You go, there's a, an old saying that I have that if you have more than three priorities, you have no priorities. And I was like, you know what? Like, that actually does make sense. Forget the 10 things. And you made me really nail down, like, these are three things that are just piling up on me and stressing me out. And they were things that for months were really just bogging me down every single day. And when we actually nailed it down, you were like, okay, you have till next Monday, let's see what you get done. And within like two days of me actually sitting down, I got them done. And that type of stuff is just huge of, um, you know, for me again, procrastinating and putting that stuff off and you being like, okay, well forget all that. Let's give it seven days. And for the next seven days, you have these three things you need to do. And then you get those done and you start to create that momentum. I thought that was a really huge thing. So, you know, I try and think of the things that you've given me that benefit me. And the theme days were a huge one, um, three priorities for the week and setting those goals each day of waking up in the morning and saying, here's the top three things that I need to make sure I get done today, no matter what. Um, that, that's just been really huge for me. And um, even having that list of taking things at the end of the day and writing them down and getting them out of my head. So if I'm getting tired or I'm getting overwhelmed, then I go, you know what? I'm just gonna take these out of my head and put them on an Excel sheet or put them on paper. And then I go to bed and I feel like they're out of my head and then I wake up in the morning and I go, okay, before I went to bed, I wrote down tomorrow, these are the three things I need to make sure I get done. And they were just waiting for me there in the morning. It just, I don't know, something about it just helps me. And um, so are you finding that some of this stuff like that is a common theme that you're finding with people that are successful that are juggling or what are you really finding or are like three to five of the biggest things that most of your clients that are in business or entrepreneurs are asking you for help with where they're struggling just mostly across the board yeah i mean you know especially especially in the executive world or people like you that are super busy um, one of the seven principles is around essentialism and there's a book by greg McEwen that's on essential essentialism that's awesome but a lot of times, especially in our society, we equate being busy with being important, and it, it's really not. And you know, uh, one of the things that you and I have in common is um, when you're able to focus on outcomes versus tasks, because your revenue, my revenue, is is determined by the outcomes that we deliver, right? Uh, a lot of times, if you're in the corporate world, it's like these are the tasks that I have to get done, and and that's it. And so they're more task-driven than, uh, than outcome-driven. And so what, what you see is whether if you complete a task, whether it's beneficial or not, you still get that dopamine, so you still feel good. And, and so, you know, you fool your brain. As you are looking at outcome being outcome-driven, another, another hero of mine is Tim Ferriss with the four-hour work week. 
And, you know, he talks about define what it is that you want to get done, eliminate the things that don't add value, automate what you can, and that liberates your time. And so um, when you really start stripping away a lot of the things that you're doing, it's amazing how much more time that you have. And it's amazing how much more you get done, especially when you keep it down to the three, right? I think it was Warren Buffett. He said, okay, let's, let's look at the top, uh, the, the top 20 things that we have to get done. And they said, okay, now let's eliminate, you know, 15 or, or 17 of them. And so the more focus you can have, um, the better off you're going to be. And another important aspect of this is when it comes into, uh, so one of the principles is powerful people uh, are their word, right? And so when you can keep your word to yourself, like, like when, when we had, you know, the three things that you were going to get done in the week and you got them done, you're being your word to yourself. And as you and I make that agreement, then you're being your word to me as well. But when we can be our word to ourselves first, um, we stand in a place of power. And then when we can be our word to other people, um, then, and it doesn't matter who that other person is, if they're the CEO of the company or whether, you know, they're the person taking out the trash, we are our word because of who we are, not because of who the other person is. And when we learn to say no to most of those opportunities and we can keep our word, you know, a hundred percent. So if, if I gave my word three times and kept it three times, versus giving my word 20 times and keeping it 10 times, you know, I would take three over to three versus 10 out of 20 because I know and other people know that they can count on me. And um, so as we're sparing with our word, um, as, we, as we get rid of the 80% of the stuff that doesn't provide, you know, the results, um, it's amazing how much more productive that we can be, you know, I always, when, whenever I am uh, engaged with a potential client, I always hear, oh, I don't have enough time. And honestly, we don't, we, we can't not have enough time to invest in ourselves. You know, we don't have any more time than Elon Musk or, you know, Buffett or any of those guys and look at everything that they get done. We have just as much time. But one of the things that they do is they choose to invest in themselves and they choose to, you know, really focus on what they want to get done. And then they think big. And, and, and that's really, that's really the difference is, you know, make time for yourself first, invest in yourself. And that's, and that's where, you know, eating the frog or slaying the dragon is huge because if you plan that first thing of the day when your energy is highest and you just get it done, everything else is, you know, is easy from there. You know, I love that too. I've been trying to use that a little bit with some of my students and I really, uh, you know, sometimes we'll have long days and I'll tell people, look, if you're, if you're a morning person, go home, go to bed and, and come in early. And if you're not a morning person, then let's make a plan to stay at night. And I really try to pay attention to that because I do notice that I, if I tend to procrastinate during the day, that winds up with me doing things later at night and I'm just not as productive or at my best at night even. And I was paying attention to it a little bit today. Like, I usually get up really early and start working out or I try to go to jiu-jitsu early in the morning and I'm not even my best then because when they're trying to like show me stuff, I know what I'm doing, but I'm just not doing it. Like my brain's not really firing, but somewhere between like nine and 11, I start to really kick into gear and feel sharp. So I'm trying to adjust some of the things that I really want to do. So today I had to call in some land deals that I'm really, really excited about doing. It's like a new thing and I would drive by them every day and I was like, you know what? Like, 
I feel good right now. I'm just going to pull right up to the sign. I'm going to call the realtor right now. I'm going to get the information. And like right away within 10, I drove past the sign, past the street every day. And I just pulled over and stopped there and just felt good and took the call. And the guy sent me a contract. And you know what I mean? I feel like if I would have done that earlier in the morning or later during the day when I wasn't like at my optimal performance or the day kind of got up on me, I probably wouldn't have been as, as proactive with it or as engaged with it or as responsive to it. So I think that's another big thing that most people are probably not paying enough attention to is where do they actually perform at their best. And if you're trying to juggle a side business or something else that you're growing, you should really start to pay attention to like, am I, am I more productive? Because I'm finding that maybe a 40 minute lunch break, if you're doing that during your day and you are doing another job, which luckily I'm not, but if that 40 minute in, in the afternoon, I could get much more done in that 40 minutes when I'm actually feeling sharper than in two or three hours where I'm getting distracted by everything at 10 o'clock at night and I'm stopping every 10 minutes to eat a marshmallow or, you know, like something crazy like that. So um, I think that was a really <laughs> cool thing. Like you pointed out a lot of stuff that I never really thought of that are, are causing me to pay attention to throughout my day, you know, which, which I think is really awesome. Um, another thing that you, you have said that I think is really cool for me, I, I'm, you haven't had to really push me for the physical stuff. I, I get up, I do pushups, I do pull-ups, I go run. But that's because I'm a little fat guy and I like to eat everything. So I know that I, if I'm going to eat that way, I have to work out. But are you finding a lot more people? So if somebody's listening to this and, you know, my initial thing would be if they asked me, I would say that I would recommend what you do and what you teach and how you help people to somebody that maybe is making money or growing a business that feels really busy, that just feels like they, they don't really have a great quality of life right now because they're always on the phone. They're always on the clock. They don't really have balance. They want more time to be able to get away from being on call with text message and emails all day or not being able to jump away from their phone for two hours to go to the pool or the beach with their kids. Like that's what my benefit was that I think you could really help for anybody listening. That's just trying to get some balance in the life with some of the other stuff they're doing. But for other people, are you finding that they're what they're sacrificing is their health and their diet and their exercise and that stuff? Because at the end of the day, if you're, if you're making money, who cares if you're going to have a heart attack in a year or something like that? So where are you helping or finding on the, on the fitness and the health side of it with helping people too? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I mean, to, to be honest with you, we're all out of balance in one way or another. And, and it's, 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 if, if you judge yourself in these tiny little time slots, it's, it's never good because we go through seasons and we have different types of energy levels and we have different spurts and things like that. Um, and so the, the cool thing is it's, it's a lifelong thing trying to find that balance. And, you know, for example, um, a woman that has a baby is going to spend a season focusing on that for a period of time. Um, you know, if she's, if she's been in the, in the job and she decides to be a full-time mom or whatever, it, it seasons and, and you, you know, you can find as much balance as you want. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, uh, we didn't, we didn't touch health cause you had a very disciplined regimen there, but with everybody else, um, usually the third or fourth week is when I request, um, any kind of a physical, uh, physical routine, um, from, from my clients. The first, the first, uh, the, the very first session we talked about meditation and, uh, journaling, because those are, you know, two of the tools that we use 
um, to create awareness and to really start this process of introspection and figure out, you know, what it is that we're really thinking, what it is that we're really doing. But within the third or fourth week is when I request um, some type of exercise routine if it's not already going. And, you know, a lot of these guys aren't. And, you know, it, it's, uh, and it's not, it's, ju it's not just, you know, exercise, it's nutrition as well. It's like, what are you doing to, to help your body out? And, and the funny thing is, you know, I, I've been doing this for, for years now. And I, I consider myself what I would say a boring person because I've let go of so many things that society deems important. And yet, um, I know what serves me. I know what serves my body. You know, I can, I can go for weeks um, doing two smoothies a day with just tons of vegetables and, you know, protein and everything. And yeah, it's boring, but man, it works. And it's what my body, it's what my body loves. And, and the cool thing is, is I don't, I don't create rules around it. You know, if I want to go out on the weekend and eat a huge fat steak, man, you know how much more I appreciate that steak? But it's, it's just one of those things. So yeah, um, health, uh, our, our bodies, I mean, we don't get another. We don't get another one. This is the only body we have. This is the only mind we have. You know? And it's funny that we'll spend 10 or 12 hours at a job to make money, but we won't spend you know, one to two hours investing in the tool that generates all that money. That's very true. Yeah. You said something too about uh, you know you eat veggies and smoothies and stuff like that all week, and then you go out and you have a steak and it makes it that much better. I think another thing that people get themselves down on, which I do, is there would be days that we had our daily routines that I was supposed to be doing certain things every day, and I hit it for six, seven, eight days, and then I'd miss a couple of things one day, and I'd be like, man, shit, like I I messed the whole thing up, and I think you kind of were like, it's okay, like that's not a failure, like. And I think people do that of like, hey, I'm going to eat healthy. And then a few days go by and they're eating good. And then they have a Big Mac and they go, well, forget it all. I failed. And it's like, well, no, like that's just a normal bump in the road. And, you know, so like what, what's your advice to that? Because I do see that that becomes a slippery slope of, well, now I had a Big Mac. So forget the whole thing. And now I'm going to go to Dairy Queen and I'm going to have a Coca-Cola. And, you know, like where are you feeling like what's your advice for people who, who you're seeing are, are starting to get some momentum and then they hit a bump in the road and they quit? or they just beat themselves up mentally or emotionally for that small little obstacle that I think they forget that everybody is going to, is going to, it's going to happen no matter what you're doing. You're always going to have those. Yeah. Um, so one of the things is, and, and this comes back to one of the principles, right? Um, uh, agape is unconditional love and unconditional love means just that. And one of the areas where people are most lacking is unconditional love for themselves. And so when, you know, when they've got a routine and they don't do it, they make themselves wrong. And they're not perfect. And, and part, of, part of standing in our power is taking full accountability for all of our decisions, not just the good ones, you know? And the cool thing is, is when you take accountability for everything in your life, it's on you. And you can say, you know what? I'm going to go have that Big Mac and I'm going to go do that. Okay, I did that. I own it. Now let's get back on the wagon. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And, and it goes back to measuring the progression. You know, um, 
if you if you measure yourself and you're so strict with yourself you know i mean part of part of life is failure part of success is failure and you know i i say man fail fail fast fail often just don't don't keep making the same mistakes twice and and it's just learning from it you know um every time i go out and see a movie i will get a huge thing of popcorn with extra butter and a huge coke and that's my thing <laughs> And I will enjoy that and I will get sick on that popcorn and I own it, you know, but I'm okay with that. And, but it is, it's taking accountability for all of your decisions. It's loving yourself through all of it. And just knowing that, you know what, you'll get better. And this isn't, this isn't a race. This isn't, you know, me comparing to Nick. It's, this is my life. I'm going to choose how I'm going to live it. And and I'm going to live it on my terms. And if I want to eat smoothies, you know, for three weeks, great. If I want to have a steak, great. Um, but I, so I, there's a book and a movie called Peaceful Warrior uh, by Dan Millman. And so he's this gymnast and they've got, you know, his, this, his mentor, his name Socrates, and he works in a service station. And he, you know, he trains him hard, right? He, this guy doesn't eat any meat. So he says, when he starts to train him, he says, no meat, um, no alcohol, no girls, no sex. And so they're on this big, mean, disciplined, you know, thing. And then, you know, they've been doing this for months. And then all of a sudden, one night, he takes him to a bar and gets him, gets him a drink. And he's like, what are you, what are you doing? We don't do this. He's going, what are we better than people that do this and then he pulls out this huge you know how dana likes his cigars yeah, yeah. pulls out this pulls out this huge cigar lights it up and and you know he's they're having a drink and there's and he's smoking a cigar and the the wisdom that comes out of that he said it's not the act that's bad it's the habit and so as I look at, as I look at my life, it's like, okay, what are the habits that are empowering and that are going to benefit me um, and put more focus on those? What are the habits that I can let go of, let go of that? And then all those acts that are just acts, man, let, you know, give yourself a break. I love that, man. I think that's perfect. Yeah. So um, I, I'm going to have to wrap it up, but I would like to do more of these. In the meantime, if somebody's watching this and they're interested in, in finding out about getting your book or your coaching program or becoming one of your clients or, you know, picking your brain about how you can help them find uh, emotional or personal or professional or health balances in their life or, you know, just the various things that you've been able to help me and a lot of other people with, um, how do they find you? Social media, books, um, emails, what, what kind of contact or places can they get all of you? Yep, absolutely. Um, my book, Zen Empowerment. Let me grab it here. This is my book. Nice. Is it backwards? Uh, no, it's, uh, there you go. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> it's okay. Um, that, that's my book. Um, you can find that on, on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, my website is myzenpowerment.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook with Empowerment or my, my personal page at Randy Scott. 
And uh, yeah, my focus is, is really on uh, executive coaching. Uh, I do some group coaching, some public speaking. And um, yeah, anything, anything to help people. I'm working on a project right now helping teens because here in Utah, there's kind of a suicide epidemic with teens. And so we're, we're writing a Empowerment for Teens book as well that'll, that'll come out here in a, probably a year and a half. Um, but uh, yeah, reach out to me anyway and uh would love to have some conversations that's awesome and what i'll do is um when i figure out how to edit this whole thing together um you send me links for all that and i'll put like a page up at the end of this with all the ways to contact you and uh i hope we can do more of these i you've been a huge help to me so you know i, I hope that people will you, you have so many things to talk about i didn't really know where to, to even hit it but you've been an awesome help to me and hopefully you'll be a continuing help to other people and hopefully somebody hears this and something we've talked about helps them as well so Randy Scott, ladies and gentlemen's empowerment. Thank you so much for your time and for getting me to do this, my friend. And uh, I guess we'll talk again uh, this week and we'll start getting back on our sessions uh, towards the end of the month. That sounds great, Nick. Thanks so much. I appreciate being a guest. Thank you, man. It's awesome to have you. Guest number two and hopefully uh, a very frequent guest on hopefully a podcast for a long time. So thanks, man. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Cheers. Ever wanted to play the drums? Or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, The Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught Tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833 632 0585 for your free online drum lesson.